0: You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.
1: It was a great net game. You knew they weren't going to win every game. It's The Drive on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Also via X formerly Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Julian and Chantel along for the ride until 5 o'clock. We have company this afternoon. The great Monica McNutt will join me in a couple of minutes. We'll recap last night at the Garden. And then we'll get your calls. And a little later in the show, Herm Edwards will start our week-long preview as we count it down to the Super Bowl, Kansas City, and San Francisco. So, Herm, you play to win the game. Edwards will join us in the 4 o'clock hour here on 98.7 ESPN. But we begin, of course, at the Garden last night. And look, listening to Pat O'Keefe before the game last night here on 98.7, Alan Hahn on with him. Just the, the sheer emotion, the sheer excitement, the sheer involvement. Man, it's good for basketball to be back and relevant in the Big Apple. It just is. Now, it was here, to be fair, a couple of years ago, when KD, Kyrie, and Harden were here in Brooklyn. It was It, it was here. Everybody was looking at that Nets team as, okay, this could be the year that that the Nets win the title when those guys were here. And unfortunately for Nets fans, it was short-lived. But for the Knit fan, this is a renaissance. This is as good as it's been. And even though Tom Thibodeau and Leon Rose and World Wide West and the front office and the coaching staff have done a very good job, in making this a relevant team since Tibbs got here, this January has propelled this Nick team into endless possibilities. Okay? This is not, well, maybe we could get to the play in and be okay. This is not, well, maybe we can get to the first round and be okay. This is based on January. Right or wrong? Fair or unfair? Based on January, this has been a team that has given Nick fans, and themselves, obviously, the confidence that they can do just about anything. Are they guaranteed to go to the NBA Finals? No, no, of course not. And injuries have derailed a bunch of teams, including the Knicks. Okay, But the way they've played despite the injuries, especially the past couple of games, with no O.G. Ananobi, with no Julius Randle, with Quentin Grimes in and out of the lineup. What they've been able to do has just given New York fans a sense of pride and a sense of excitement that has not been here in a while to this level. So last night, the Lakers come to town at the world's most famous arena. And obviously, there's been some rumors and conversation and talk about maybe LeBron LeBron. This would be a nice time for LeBron to come and join this Knicks team. There's an article today in the New York Post by Stefan Bondi. And by the way, to be fair to him, he says there is no idea about and no rumors or no thought process about LeBron coming to the Knicks. He's not said he wants to come. He's not hinted, anything of that nature. And when you understand who his agent is, there's probably a very good likelihood that he's not coming here anyway. But nevertheless... The Knicks have improved talent-wise so much that just the thought of a LeBron James would be interested in coming and joining this team. Says a lot about where this team is. So now you're at the Garden last night, and they're facing a rested LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Davis had missed the previous two games. LeBron had missed the game up in Boston. And to be fair, the Lakers shocked the Boston Celtics on the road. And so they come in last night, and it was a very competitive game. But what was interesting about the fourth quarter, and really what was interesting, is that maybe it's because of the talent they have, and maybe it's because of the defense they played. We had not seen a team take Jalen Brunson out of the game the way. They did, the Lakers did, in the fourth quarter last night. Okay? They put bigger people on him. They double teamed him. They forced the ball out of his hands. Now, have other teams done that? Absolutely. Absolutely, they have. But this was done in combination with Anthony Davis showing just how important he is on the defensive side of the ball. Because... His intimidation, his blocks, his ability to rebound. The Knicks were not physical, were not able to get to the offensive boards the way they normally do for the second chances. And when they did, he intimidated them and blocked some shots. Uh, listen, we know how great LeBron James is, and he is still very good when motivated defensively. And that's what turned this game around in the fourth quarter. So, and of course, Nick fans, I mean, the garden was quiet. And obviously, you understand the disappointment. You understand the frustration. You understand the sadness. But once again, the Knicks were going to lose eventually. <laughs> okay? This team can only survive uh, and, and give them credit for surviving the amount of injuries they have survived so far. And they could. they are a team that perseveres. They're a team that fights. They're a team that doesn't have a glass chin. They're a team that plays hard. They're a team that gives you everything they have. But they are also a team, and I brought this up to you last week, where you have to wonder that when you get to the postseason, where are the points coming from? Yes, I get it. They had no Ananobi and Randall, and that at least could be good for another 40, 45 points. Okay? I get it. But once again, because of the injuries, your bench was shortchanged. And this is the question that goes forward as you start to look at this team, as the front office has to look at this team and make a decision on what they need for the immediate future trade deadline wise. Not long term, because I really don't think they're going to make a long term decision about this team. Until the off season. okay. This is just going to be a tweak and, and uh, an addition that can help extend or give them depth in certain areas where they need to for this season alone, and I think that's the right way to go. All right, uh, I I don't know about. I keep hearing about getting a big man. I, I don't know. I think I do think Mitchell Robinson's coming back. I love what Hardenstein has been able to do. Even last night, he was phenomenal. I think they can maneuver some things with the bigs. The question's going to be, who's going to lead that scoring coming off the bench? And Josh Hart was really the guy who did that, but now with no OG was forced into the starting lineup. So these are some of the things that we'll chat about today inside this edition of The Drive. Also, I just wanted to put this in the back of your mind, and Alan Hahn is a 1,000% right. What Jalen Brunson, What Brunson and Vincenzo have done during this streak has been just incredible. What they've been able to do scoring-wise and just spreading the floor because of their ability to score has been amazing. And he has the stats. He he tweeted them on X. And they've been phenomenal. This Nick team has been phenomenal. And it took a overwhelming defensive effort and you tip your cap to the Lakers an overwhelming defensive effort for them to hold the Knicks to what 19 points in the fourth quarter take the ball out of Jalen Brunson's hands with the exception of some points late in in with seconds left in the game and to end the Knicks winning streak but this Knicks team is not done because of the end of the winning streak this Knicks team will learn from that And they will have to make some adjustments. And yes, remember, they get some people back. So while you're disappointed with the loss, don't be disenchanted with the team. It's not time for you to raise the right flag and start panicking. Because I got the sense that some are already. 1-800-919-3776. Your call's in a couple of minutes, but when we return... Monica McNutt will join me. We'll break down the Knicks and Lakers and the Knicks going forward. That's next. You're listening to The Drive on 98.7 ESPN.
0: You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Welcome in. A young lady who's done a tremendous job. I enjoy her work, whether she's on MSG, whether she's on ESPN, as she will be today, a little bit later when she's got the – Miami Heat and Clippers game, I believe it is. Monica McNutt joins us here on The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. Monica, thanks for a couple of minutes. No
2: problem. Thanks for having me. Very glad to
1: chat. So, Monica, t- t- talk my Nick fans off the ledge, please, after last night. I, they're, they're, some of them are nervous. They're devastated. They're, they're nice. like, oh, my God. You know, this is what's going to happen in the postseason. It's over. Talk them off the ledge, Monica, please.
2: Nobody should be even close to the ledge after last night. You're missing two starters, and you waxed the Lakers over the course of that December road trip when you were there. This was a big-time get-back game. LeBron and A.B. sat so they could get right at the Garden, and you still had a chance to make it a ball game despite the untimely draw in the fourth quarter. No, no, no. Everybody calm down. There should be no ledge after last night's performance.
1: Monica, let's talk a little bit, though, about and give hats off to the Lakers for the defense that they had in that fourth quarter. Because we've seen the Nick team, especially over this stretch in January, to be able to overcome droughts and, and be able to pound the offensive boards. And nobody really has taken the ball out of uh, Jalen Brunson's hands the way the Lakers did last night.
2: Well, the Lakers did do something, and I'm very curious to see if teams are going to look to emulate. But I, I got to. Point out, having this conversation, you have to be fully aware that you're missing two starters. If you Uh had one of them last night, I think it's a slightly different story. But anyway, to the Lakers' credit, they double teamed Jalen and was like, if Josh Hart beats us, then cool. (laughs) And unfortunately, it wasn't just Josh. The rest of the crew really kind of went cold and found themselves in a drought as far as scoring was concerned in the fourth quarter. But they sent two big bodies, Reeves, and Torian Prince consistently to Jalen in the fourth. And and honestly, Larry, like, you think back, okay, so from three is one thing, but if you think back to some of those layups and some of those plays sort of around the rim, the ball fumbles off of Precious's hands, or Isaiah, or Josh is kind of right there. You get a couple of those to go, we might be having a different conversation. So I think last night you could do that. I think when this team is healthy, if you double-team Jalen, the ball is going to go to Julius. So then what? You know what I mean? So – Yeah, I'm definitely, I would encourage folks to take last night's game in stride. Um, A depleted team with the rest of LeBron and AD, not many teams in the league are knocking them off.
1: I have to ask you this, and my guest is Monica McNutt. Monica, for the broadcaster, for the analyst that has covered this team, even before Tibbs got here, what has this year and last month meant to you to watch how this team has come together to watch them grow, to watch how the fan support has just returned like no other to the garden. You know, when
2: I got here, Larry, it's funny working with the guys, Peto, Han, Wally, like here I come with this eternal sense of optimism and they all kind of warned me, you know, it's been, there have been some lean years rooting for the New York Knicks, And I'm like, guys, it's only a matter of time. Like, It's only a matter of time. In this era of athletes completely aware of their brands and all that good stuff, this is still New York. This is still a historic franchise. It's the biggest town in the country. It's only a matter of time. Now, I will be honest. I did not know Jalen Brunson was going to be this good when that deal got done. But it's been really cool to see sort of the city on fire on behalf of the Knicks. I feel so tremendously welcomed by Knicks fans since I've been a part of the Knicks nation. But this year in particular, like, it's just been incredible. And I think it runs congruently with the personality of Jalen Brunson,
3: who oh.
2: is just a worker, like is just a worker. So it's been a lot of fun this year, for sure.
1: No doubt about it. The I remember Al Trotwig used to always say, I don't want three-point takers. I want three-point makers. <laughs> right. So uh, right. Dante DiVincenzo... Monica, has been a revelation to this team and what he's been able to do. And your colleague, and actually our colleague, Alan Hahn, tweeted out uh, some stats on X today. What the two of them have done in the backcourt, Monica, and thus for spreading the lane and opening the lane to allow for more ball movement has been just tremendous during the streak.
2: Oh, 100%. 100%. And I can remember we were asked for our next Christmas wishes over the holidays. And I wanted one more 40% shooter. At that time, Jalen and Dante were both there. Quentin was sort of flirting with it. Um, but I could have amended that to uh, mid-40% three-point shooter, which Dante is quickly becoming as opposed to just another one, although Quentin, I think, flirts with those numbers on good days as well. But I think the chemistry between the two of those guys, the spacing that it creates for other guys to operate, I got to give a tip of the cap as far as cutting is concerned to the addition of OG Anunoby because that seems to – unlock that element of this team's offense when he joined the squad. And I had a chance to talk to Jalen a little bit about the transition and joining a squad midseason. And O.G. and he had a conversation. And O.G. was like, I'm not always sure where I'm supposed to be, but I'm just going to cut to the open spot. And Jalen is like, please do that. Like, <laughs> And so there's a, a couple of different dominoes that I think have fallen since the trade, Jontae's shooting being one of them, Dr. and Jalen for that matter. But O.G.'s presence defensively and what he brings offensively in terms of the cuts. And this beautiful stretch of games at home where largely the Knicks have really capitalized.
1: Yeah. They've been, re- that's a, one of the things that's really jumped out at me, Monica, and that has been how really good they've been at home. And it just, it just seems like their defensive intensity, which is good home and away really just takes another level at home. And when you hear them, they always talk about it. They get the, the, the um, you know, energy from the crowd. It's,
2: I, this fan base is one of the smartest and most engaged across the entire NBA, like bar none in my mind. Now I personally would love to see fans hustle back after the halftime, hanging out in the Delta club and wherever else so that the seats are packed and you can help the team go on a little run, but I get it. They're taking in the entire game experience. But in general, like you hear them when you see a replay, if it was a foul, you're going to hear them. If it wasn't a foul, they're not going to do too much, right? Like they understand the measure of the game. The other night, as the team was making that comeback versus Indiana, like you could hear this, the fan base that was tepid. Like, are we going to do this? Is this one of those games where you're missing two starters and you just kind of chalk it up? But when they realized that the team was going after it, they knew that their role was to encourage the team. And so from our radio spot, Larry, it's always so cool to see people come to their feet in unison in that lower bowl. It's just an incredible visual. They are so smart. They are so engaged. Um, They deserve the team that they have right now. It's been incredible.
1: No question about it. Monica McNutt is my guest. Monica, you mentioned a moment ago that you were surprised. You were not surprised, but you, you've you gotten more from Jalen Brunson than you expected. This is kind of, kind of, you, know, you know he was a very good player, but he's surpassed your thoughts. Not to the same level, Monica, but I got to say, Preston Sature, over the past week or so, has really opened my eyes. I, he was just a throw-in for me. I, he's really been an important factor and, and very physical in, in, in helping this Nick defense since he's been here.
2: Listen, Larry, there is very rarely a silver lining to injuries, But in this case, I would think the minutes that Precious Achua is playing and the confidence that he's been able to develop as a New York Knick because of those minutes, they're valuable. He's understanding where he's supposed to be on the floor. He's learning his teammates better. I'm with you. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I figured that that was a throw in. I think quietly, although while OG was the headliner in that trade, the need for a four with a little more size to back up Julius was also something that was pressing. And uh-huh. I guess quietly you filled that with pressures with true. Now, you could debate over whether or not uh, you thought that was a good pickup at the time. But to your point, he has proven just with his athleticism, his commitment to defense, the energy that he plays with, like the photo of he and Isaiah Hardenstein yelling at each other after an and one play on Thursday night is one of my favorites to date from a new guy because it, it looks like they've been teammates for much longer than they actually have, uh-huh. and it's a beautiful thing to see. And so my thing now is the big conversation after the trade was the hit that the productivity on the bench took. Once these guys get healthy, can Deuce, can Precious, can all these guys continue to, to play with the level of confidence that we're seeing over the stretch to help buoy that bench productivity so that the team can go a little bit deeper, and you can find some more minutes for your starters to ride.
1: Oh, you're so good, Monica. That's where I'm going to the bench. You led me right there. Uh, Deuce McBride (laughs) has been fascinating for me because there are moments where you can see the confidence from him. He hits that first shot, and he's ready to go. And then there are other moments where you can see he makes a mistake, and you can feel him looking over to the bench to see what Tibbs is doing. How can he take that next step, Monica, and be just a bit more consistent than what he's been?
2: I think you just got to keep playing. Like, there's no magic formula, magic chant, right? You just got to play. And I don't know if it's something as simple as just not looking at the bench. Like, just play. Uh, the other night, we keep going back to Indiana, that was a great win, probably one that folks will remember from this season. I can remember thinking, hmm, feels like we need some Deuce McBride minutes because we were struggling to find any offense outside of Jalen. At least Deuce is aggressive and mindful to score the basketball, and he can play tremendous defense. And so he gets a chance. To play in that fourth quarter and finishes the night with 16 huge minutes. Like, Tim doesn't forget that kind of stuff. Now, granted, he's playing matchups from night to night, but my thing to Deuce would be just to keep playing. Like, I remember at the beginning of the season on Content Day, Larry, uh, we did rapid fire with the guys. And one of the questions was game winning basket or game winning stop. And Deuce, without missing a beat, was like, Do you know who our coach is? Game winning stop, of course. <laughs> and so I think he just has to have that sort of resilient mindset. Um, and play ball like his teammates will vouch for him. I don't tip maybe stubborn on some things, but he also is a big fan of juice every time we talk to him in terms of the media. So the the timing and the opportunity, the moments are going to come. He's just got to continue to be ready.
1: Two more for you, Monica. Um, do they make a move for backcourt trade deadline or forecourt? What's your thoughts?
2: So, this conversation that our colleagues at ESPN were having the other day had nothing to do with the Knicks. It actually was talking about the Lakers. But Adrian Wojnarowski said this, and I've been feeling this. There are not a lot of quality options out there. He was talking about the Lakers. But I mm-hmm. kind of feel the same about the Knicks, right? Like, what they've done really well with the additions this year is finding Tibbs' guys. And so, to me, the two names that are sort of out there, and I'm not 100% sure what's going to happen from their organization – are Bruce Brown, which would be your backcourt, and Daniel Gafford, which would be your frontcourt. Having had a chance to watch Mitch this year, he was playing with a different level of focus. And so when he says he's working to get back, I believe that he will get back. Um, does that make Daniel Gafford a little less pressing? You could argue that. Or, in addition to that, the minutes that Pressure Situa is now giving you, does that take a little bit more pressure off of the frontcourt? So, I guess, I guess, if they're going to, I would lean more toward that gu- guard spot. But then again, like we've got a bunch of six four-ish, six five guys like that can rotate and play different positions. So um, I do like the experience that a guy that a Bruce Brown brings, having won a championship with Denver. And so maybe I'm leaning that way. Um, but I just don't want them to do anything for the sake of doing something. If it means you got to hold till this summer, hold all the treasure, trust trove of picks, protected and whatnot, unprotected. Um, I think the summer is probably a smarter play.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and, and plus, we know what Bruce Brown can do defensively, and he would get a lot of playing time here. <laughs> a
2: lot yeah, he. I mean, and time. he's already said out of his own mouth to various outlets that he's a Tim, like he fits in Tim's system, which is absolutely absolute jerk.
1: Yeah, no question. Last one. Uh, All-star game. Who's your money on in the three-point shootout? Curry or Inescu?
2: All right. I'm supposed to hold it down for the women. Love, Sab. She's great. Sabrina, she's tremendous. Uh, There's some things I to know about this contest, and I have not done my research lately, so if you know, please get me hit, but if you don't, uh, then I can't answer the question until I know. We'll learn together. Yeah, Um, what ball are they shooting with? Okay,
1: so originally from what I saw, uh, Ineski was shooting with the WNBA ball and Steph was shooting with the NBA ball. I'm now finding out that they're both shooting with the NBA ball. That's what okay, I'm here.
2: and then are they both shooting the same line?
1: Yes, she's going to shoot the NBA okay, I figured line they from what I'm the here
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I did I did think that they were shooting the same line. Listen, I think those are two incredible competitors. I do not think Steph is just championing this to be like, yay, women, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that they are both competitors. Uh, I know I'm supposed to root for the girls, and I am rooting for the girls. This will be a fun upset, but I Don't think that Steph is going to relinquish this crown. Um, And I'm sure that Sabrina is practicing with the men's ball and she's taking this very seriously. I think I'm still leaning Steph, though.
1: I think I'm still leaning Steph. It's going
2: to be fun. I hope It 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 is down to the wire and needs extra time to be resolved. But I think I'm still leaning Steph on this one.
1: Listen, Monica. Especially after we-
2: being snubbed as a starter. Oh, yes. yeah, a that,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she should have made the call. Can you add him on to the squad a little bit? Maybe he'll be a little, you know, <laughs> can you do that? Maybe that would <laughs> right. Can you add him on? Um, Monica, we enjoyed you greatly on what you do on MSG and on ESPN, obviously, and especially on the analyst on the radio. You do a great job. Thanks for a couple of minutes. We'll Thank be watching you. you today with Heat and Clippers. Keep up the great work. Thanks for a couple of minutes. Thank you. Have a great show. I appreciate it. Monica, we'll get your thoughts on the Knicks. What should they do? How are you feeling after last night? Do you still have that same confidence, or are you kind of like, oh, maybe they're not where we are, where we thought we should be? I want to hear from you next on 98.7 ESPN.
0: You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.
1: (laughs) Hey, the Michael K Show will be live from the UBS Arena this Thursday, February 8th, before the Islanders face off against the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're giving away eight pairs of lower bowl tickets. Yep, eight pairs of lower bowl tickets, plus one pair of premium club seats. Ooh, premium club seats. Where? At ESPNNewYork.com or on the ESPN New York app. You know how to do it. Just scroll down the Contest, submit your entry. Brought to you by the New York Islanders. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. This was an interesting game for the Knicks last night. It really was. And how they will respond Tuesday night against Memphis will share a lot about this team. Okay? I think they will bounce back. I think they're they're, uh, a confident team. It's just one game. They'll be able to put it behind them. But it does show what you might be able to see come playoff time. And Monica is correct. You didn't have OG Ananova. You didn't have Julius Randle. So those would be other options. But don't be surprised if you see sports is the ultimate copycat situation. If somebody does something that has success, you will see it again and again and again until you make them pay for it. And once again, with the Lakers, we'll get to the calls in a second, with the Lakers last night, it was the combination. It wasn't only just the double teaming with bigger personnel over Brunson, but it was the fact that you had Anthony Davis as a shot blocker in the middle and, of course, LeBron James playing fabulous defense as he does and always has, really, but especially now in key moments When he's determined to shut somebody down, he will try to do that. And that's – so it was a – it wasn't just one thing. It was a combination of things. After the game last night, Tom Thibodeau was asked, how do you think the team handled the Lakers double-teaming? Good. And and I just told the players that. So they did it all game. So it wasn't that they started in the fourth. And then just trust the pass. And then you got to – you know, you get – and we got 100 shots. So, uh, you know – Shoot, you're, you're open, trust the second pass. They're, they're trying to get the ball out of his hands. And sometimes you, it's make, miss, you know, go hard to the board, try to get a second shot. We didn't finish off the second shots either. So, uh, you know, but uh, I liked our shots. Uh, you know, we had some uh, mistakes defensively in the fourth that we can fix, right? But overall, I thought we played pretty well. And see, that's the key point was, as I mentioned, it was not only double-teaming Brunson, but it was the fact that Davis was such a presence in the paint that guys started to rush their shots. And by rushing your shot now, and you were impacted by his intimidation. You know, the old adage of, you know, pump fake a shot blocker, you know, they didn't do that a lot last night. There were some instances where they did some where they didn't. The ball rolled around and came out. They just didn't go up strong because of his intimidation. So it was a combination of things that really stymied that Nick offense last night and caused them to just to have nineteen points. Off to the phones we go. Ray's in Brooklyn. Ray, start us off on the drive.
3: Larry, good afternoon, sir. Larry, good afternoon, sir. Listen, I'm going to quiet down all of these Nick haters slash Laker fans. These people who have zero basketball IQ. These idiots. These morons. They should be embarrassed. The Lakers should be embarrassed first of all that they were down eight. To a severely undermanned Knicks team because if the Lakers were missing their number two and three options, we would have blown them out. And had we had Alan Obie and Randall in this game, we probably win by double figures. The Knicks already beat them in LA when they were actually playing very well at home earlier in the season. And, you know, it's miraculous what the Knicks have been doing the last four games without the two and three option. And another thing I want to I want to say is that I'm a little annoyed by Mike Green because He kept stating, without putting the proper context, oh, my God, what a great effort by the Lakers defensively before. Listen, Larry, if you and I had a kindergartner at home, they can come up with this scheme, right, in quotations, to take the ball out of the only player, the only guy that can hurt you on the Knicks' hands, and to put it five consecutive times into Josh Hart's hands, who is a non-offensive player. So, you know, the only thing I guess we could have done to combat that was probably put McBride back in the game because he's a little bit more offensive-minded and reliable with his shot than Josh Hart. But at the same time, then you compromise the, you know, the great defense mm-hmm. and rebounding that had us in that position. But I'm just annoyed because there are people saying on social media, oh, I thought the Knicks were a championship team. What happened last night? What are you, idiots? It was Damon <laughs> Brunson and a cast of characters. And with DiVincenzo, so that's why we lost And With DiVincenzo, Larry, and I'll leave you with this. He's uh-huh. been, I mean, he's been, been—he—he's has been um, you know, above expectations. But the thing is, the Knicks, I think in the long run, if Randall's going to be out several weeks, I think he can be exposed because it's showing a little bit because he's not used to this type of usage uh-huh. rate. Uh-huh. And his shot does suffer when he's taking, you know, all of these shots in this high usage rate. Like, he's a... He's great for what the Knicks got him for. So when we have our complete squad, he fits like a glove. But right now, we're asking him to go above and beyond. And even though we don't want to give much up before the trade deadline, um, this team may struggle because you got to be realistic. It can't just be Brunson by himself. This team may struggle if Uh we don't add something because even Tenzo, uh, this is not his usual workload. He's great for his role. But I think we're asking him to do too much. I appreciate it, Larry.
1: Have a great day. All right, Ray. Thanks for the phone call. You're asking a lot of players to do a lot. I mean, Tua played over 40 minutes last night. Um, So Hardenstein has played a lot of minutes. You're asking a lot of players to do extra. So you're right about that. Ray, there's always going to be what my partner during the week, Gordon Damer, calls the verified Nick haters. So you don't worry about them. They're always going to find something. They're always going to find something. It's okay. You don't worry about that. You just worry about your team and enjoy your team. And to be be honest with you, Ray, what Mike Breen was saying last night was true. What the Lakers were able to do, especially in the fourth quarter, was to force the ball out of Jalen Brunson's hands. The difference last night was that if somebody else could have hit a couple of shots, they would not have been able to continue to force the ball out of Jalen Brunson's hands, right? It's just a, It was just the events last night. And as you mentioned, you know, extra minutes, legs get tired, tired legs, jump shots a little flat, sometimes things happen. But they weren't even able, they just played great defense so that even the passing lanes were challenged. So listen, give the Lakers credit. Monica is right. When she joined us a couple of minutes ago, the Knicks beat them in LA. They were ready. They wanted to come in here and beat the Knicks. So that game is done. We're just talking about it. Great. Now let's move on to Memphis. And once again, it's another game closer to getting your guys back together, back on, on you know, back from injury, whether it's Ananobi, whether it's Randall, whether it's Grimes, uh, that's going to be the issue. But if just somebody else could have been able to step up and hit some shots, if a couple of those layups go in, it's a different ball game. Spikes and St. Pete, what's up spike.
0: Good to talk to you. Yeah. I pay no attention to the results of that game last night. That's called short bench syndrome and uh great players, uh, you know, lose, lose their defense before their offense. And, uh, I was texting my buddy uh, going into the fourth quarter. I said, watch LeBron turn it on. The problem with the Lakers is that uh, Anthony Davis can't do that on a regular mm-hmm. enough basis to make them contenders. LeBron can. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know how they ice down a pitcher's arm. I'm sure Dante, who, uh, previous caller, I forget his name, he was very right. accurate in this. Description, right, very accurate in his description. You know, uh, that's a bit too much, but you got a short bench, you got a short minute bench. You can't uh-huh. ask a cheer Especially a you know, after one or two shots, he's got to pull it back in and go to the hole. But uh, the shots were rolling in, the shots were rolling out. But, you know, a game like that's a scheduled loss. First of all, I didn't like what they did. Can you imagine this? Now, you have a, a granddaughter, correct?
1: Yes. hmm. Uh-huh.
0: Okay, so let's say you were living in the uh, suburbs or the city of Boston, and you're telling your beautiful granddaughter, I'm going to take you to a game of, of the two teams that have won the most NBA titles, what, 35 or 40% of yeah, them, I'm really. guessing. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. and, and, and when I was a little kid, you're my father, so much, on, so on, and you get her there, and they're not there. And, and then all the all the headlines, I read the out-of-town papers, the Globe and the Herald, and they're going, mm-hmm. first time the Celtics lost with a 15-and-a-half point. Uh, come on. I mean, it's all about gambling, everything. That was a scheduled loss. It wasn't fair to do. You knew they were going to play in the Garden, and you knew the Knicks had a short bench. It was just set up for them to lose, and and it just happens that way. A couple of those shots could have gone in. Uh, this This is exactly the same thing that happened four years ago, what Atlanta did to Julius Randle before they had Brunson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just swarmed over him, and there was yes. uh, there was no alternative. Now the Knicks have some options. Unfortunately, three of their minutes players were out last night. Mm-hmm. Move on. They'll blow Memphis right out on Tuesday night.
1: I hear you, Spike. Thanks for the phone call. I agree. And, you know, look, um, they could have, even if you wanted to, well, maybe not so much Anthony Davis, because I know he had a, a more, even though he looked good last night, his injuries seemed to be a bit more, serious air quotes. But I mean, they could have played, one of them could have played a couple of minutes if you wanted to, to go back on Spike's comment as to why you have matchups like that. And you want, you know, I mean, TNT had to be upset. You're looking Lakers. (laughs) You're thinking Lakers Celtics. And as it turns out, you know, it's bad for the, for the Celtics because they, you know, they lose that game. So that makes it even worse for them. But uh, once again, if you're a Nick fan, it's one game. You're proud of your team that they hung in there. It was a bad couple of minutes. They get what they were scoreless for over five minutes of that fourth quarter. And that turned out to be the game. And so once again, you put that behind you, you move on. But again, understand that a, this is something that teams are going to do in the postseason. And B, how do you prepare for that? Where's the different options? Who's going to get that person? Obviously, you have your, your, your folks back. Okay, you get that. You'll have your, you should have, hopefully, everybody will be back. But will you have enough scoring? Okay? Will you have enough scoring so that you can take a hit? Or Brunson not being double teamed, but having an off night, that you take a hit on some crazy night where Brunson has Brunson is is, is defense style Randall's having an off night, and Anobi is in foul trouble. Okay, that bench, that bench has to be fortified, not at all costs, but that bench has to be fortified so that you can give some minutes break to some of the guys in your starting rotation. That's the big thing that has to happen. Okay? The other big stuff, if you want to do something big, major, end of the season. This team has deserves to just to run it as far as they can. And let's see what happens with just a tweak. Conversation continues next on 98.7 ESPN. To the phones we go. Let's talk to Freddie in Brooklyn. Freddie, you are next on
4: 98.7. Hi, uh, Mr. Adesby. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. A couple of points about the Knicks and one about the coach for the Eastern All-Star game. The result uh-huh. last night was a result you would have expected a few games ago. So a tribute to this team that they continue to win despite the injuries to three starters and a key player off the bench. I mean, we lost last night. What we weren't to whip or overwhelmed. So we just move on to the Grizzlies and take it out on them. I mean, you could only go to the real so much before it runs dry. So, I would have preferred if we had lost to a different team other than the Lakers, but it's disappointing, but not depressing. Uh Now, about the coach for the the All-Star game. I think it's a joke that the coach could be fired at the end of last season, have a losing record, one, two, and then be selected as the coach for the Eastern All-Star. The same way that the NBA instituted a game limit for the players of 65 games to qualify for the All-Star team, a game limit should be instituted also for the coaches. You need to coach a minimum amount of games before you could be eligible to become the coach for an All-Star team. hmm That's my opinion. Thank
1: you, guys. All right, Freddie. Thanks for the phone call. This is a rare situation. And even, (laughs) Freddie, even Doc Rivers agreed with you and said it was ridiculous that he is the head coach of the Eastern Uh, All-Stars. It's a rare situation. Normally, teams do not make coaching changes in the middle of the season, A. B, normally you don't change your head coach because that means you've got the best record if, if your team is in that spot to be the head coach of, of the, of the, of the all-star game of the East side, all-stars. So East or West, now that they've gone back to, you know, East and West again, as they try to find something to make this more competitive. Uh, So you're right. And and nobody expected this to happen because it's gotta be the first time it's happened that I can remember. Um, But it's, it's, it's a crazy situation. It is a unique situation and you are right. This Nick team needs to get, they have added to the mentality of next man up and they've done a nice job and they've had guys just to play the extra minutes and work hard and not sacrifice defensively and find ways to put, uh, put points on, in, on the board and do, do, you know, go above and beyond. We mentioned precious Achua, what he's been able to do. Hartenstein has been incredible in for Mitchell Robinson, uh, Vincenzo moving into the, into the starting lineup has been amazing. Uh, Quentin Grimes has come on a little bit coming off the bench, and Deuce McBride has gotten better. He's been a little inconsistent, but he's gotten better. So, And Josh Hart has played well. The thing is with Josh Hart, he's not hit the three the way he did last season. He's really been better when the Knicks have been pushing the ball in transition. And because of the way the defense was in the fourth quarter last night, I kept waiting for them, like, push the ball, push the ball, push the ball. But they really couldn't the way the defense has been set up. So they really waited, to get, uh, waited for the Lakers' defense to set, and that hurt them as well. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN.